<laughs> All right, we got our first uh, remote happy hour going. All right, you're not recording, right? Oh, I'm totally recording, but I'm not recording video. So don't worry about so, it. I don't have to put my pants on? No, this is an audio medium. All right, time to get into the weeds. Uh-huh. We're, we're missing a member of our triumvirate because he's being a bitch, but that's fine. We'll catch him next time. Uh, but what we'll do is we'll kick off today, uh, money bags, and we'll talk about today's news that I grabbed from the Finimize app, which I think I sent to you. It says that the Dow is back in a bull market. Analysts have credited the Dow's rise to the recently announced $2 trillion of economic stimulus the U.S. government hopes will help workers and companies survive the pandemic. Some also reckon international investors might have been encouraged to buy up less expensive-looking U.S. stocks after the U.S. dollar's value dropped slightly versus other currencies last week. Whatever the reason, this is the second time the Dow's made history this month. The first, when it dropped over 20% and entered a bear market in a record 20 days. The second was when that bear market became the shortest ever, with the Dow rising over 20% last week and re-entering bull territory. No word on S&P and NASDAQ. But do you have money sunk into the Dow? I mean, I have the S&P, which I think is a better barometer of the market. But uh... We talked about that. I looked into Vanguard. Uh, Schwab has a competitor product. They have an index fund that, that follows the S&P 500 also. Yeah, as long as it's an S&P ETF and, and the, just check the, um, the fees, but they should be fraction of a percent. So like, I think Vanguard's like 0.05% or something like that. As long as Schwab has this, they're all going to have very competitive ones where the fees are next to nothing. Yeah, I've been, I've been put, I've bought in a couple of times on the way down. Happened to put some money in at basically the low, but I don't think that was the, the low for now. What I, I think this is basically what they call a, a dead cat bounce where, you know, they got past a huge stimulus bill. But yeah, I think as reality sets in that this is um, going to last a lot longer than, than what people think or what people may have thought. And it's going to get worse than what people thought, at least for now. I think it's going to go, I think it's heading down again. I still, still have money sitting on the sidelines and I still got, I just, my condo was supposed to close on Tuesday. I already signed the closing document, so I should have some more cash once that happens. But I, I think there's still going to be buying opportunities to come. I, I, I mean, nobody can time the bottom. I mean, nobody can. No, you want to get close, right? Yeah. I mean, and that's why I'm just going to put in periodically as I, as I see down days, I got, I got more to put in, but I, I, I think we got more downside coming. Yeah. That was our group text thread that we were running off of. Was Steve No Cheese said that we got at least three more weeks. Yeah. I, uh, it'd be interesting. I, I wouldn't mind having him on one of these, uh, these chats. He's, uh, is he one hour or two hours ahead of us? Two hours ahead of us? Uh, two hours ahead. Central time. So he's currently two hours. Yeah. And he could probably jump in. I'm, there's no reason for him not to. He's got something to say. I, I don't know what, what everyone's schedule is. I mean, you're probably a pretty good amount of free time other than a bunch of emails and phone calls. You're probably, uh, yep. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's what, yep. no, I, uh, I opened the brokerage account and I put some money in it and good. I'm going to, I'm going to sit on it for now. Uh, what until we think say? it's near the bottom. Oh, the chairman loved it. He was so happy. I told mom and mom was like, really at your age, you're getting a brokerage account it's a long time before we got one. And then she started waxing philosophically. <laughs> are they, are they, uh, are they in California or Arizona now? No, they're, they're Arizonas now and they're, they're totally digging it. They, they love that house so much. It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. They just, they, they say they wake up and they really, really love it. And they're so glad they got out of California and they're so glad that, I mean, I don't think they've calculated their, their tax base and, and all that. And I don't, I don't think they've even started to do the numbers, but, 
from the from the back of the envelope calculation, it's it's a good chunk of chain going from California over to Arizona. And because they were in the Palm Springs area, yeah, here's the right. kicker: they're not going back to Connecticut until June. They want to get a taste of the weather. Huh. See how bad so, it gets. So are you sure about that? <laughs> Cook an egg on the sidewalk out here in the summertime. Yeah, but they can hang hang out in the house and they can jump in the pool if they want. And yeah, I mean they've been spending a lot of time in their in their jacuzzi and they're yeah that's just life for them. They they're they're reorganizing things. They've already got their offices set up. Uh, that little nook with the built-in picnic table that's her office. Okay. And then he took over the mock Oval Office. Yeah, yeah. And uh, he's he's that in there it. spreading stuff around. He goes, so this office is really small. The bed, maybe you just got too much shit. Well, what does he so, need? Is he, is he still, is he, he, he pulled, still, uh... he pulled me in and he goes, if you ever need paper clips or rubber bands or staples, he said, you don't just come in here and look. And he showed me his drawer and his drawer must've had 20 boxes of staples and like gigantic pint sized bins of paper clips. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing with all this? He says, I don't know. You just collect it over time. I said, well, can I have the, the bag of rubber bands? Cause Kids might want to make a rubber band ball. They disintegrate. <laughs> no, it's all it's all legitimate stuff, and that's their life now. Their life is. He looks at the market every day, and I said, "Why? Why are you looking at the market every day? So why don't you just hang out?" He says, "I got nothing better to do." You know, one day it was down sixty percent. He said, "Some days it's up, some days it's down." It's just, I want to know what my money's doing. And so <laughs> he's got it all socked away in investments, uh, and I think he's just ready to live off that. Yeah, yeah. Is he doing any advisory stuff now, or is he just out? Completely and- retired. I presume he'll get a check because my other my in laws are going to get a check. I don't think you're going to get a check. No, I'm not getting a check. But you'll get a thousand bucks for the kids, right? Nope. Really? No, I I will get jack squat. I thought everybody I thought everybody got kid money. And then if you made a certain amount of income, you didn't get any personal money. I wasn't sure about that. So I went on some website that had a calculator on who gets how much. And yeah. I put that I had two kids and it said, sorry, buddy, you don't get anything. <laughs> All right, you got to send me that. I got to check that out. Because I think that's, we're getting... I mean, it, didn't, it didn't say that. It just said you get zero. But that's what I... think I, we're getting a little bit of money. And I, I thought everybody got the kid money. So I never... Never count on getting anything from the government. And just every time she comes home, she goes, "This gal at work told me that we that we uh they're getting blah blah blah." I said, "We don't call it." <laughs> we yeah, don't I mean, you're that. you're an alternative minimum tax territory, aren't you? Um, not anymore because they took away all my deductions. Yeah. Okay. They took away um the state tax deduction and the property tax deduction and the interest mortgage deduction and all that stuff. So I don't even itemize anymore. You're in that strata. I don't know. I, I guess I, I give to charity, but I don't give enough to get beyond like you have to have like 24. So I think we get $24,000 of itemized deductions with uh, or $24,000 standard deduction. So we'd have to get beyond that with our, our charitable giving. And because my mortgage interest and property taxes, they're, my, my mortgage interest is next to nothing because my, my rate's really low and my mortgage is really small. So I don't get anything for any bang for the buck for that. And the property taxes are you know, you get capped out and the uh, state taxes, you don't get anything for that. So, so I don't, so itemizing doesn't make sense for me. And then I don't give enough to, I mean, I give to charity, but I don't get give enough to get beyond the $24,000. So. Yeah. You'd have to build a, a, a department at a university, right? <laughs> the uncle Polly school of finance. Yeah. 
but whatever. I mean, it's, I wish I could uh, move some of last year's income to this year. I'm going to take a huge hit income wise this year. Cause I'm just basically a stay at home, uh, homeschooling dad right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're, I want to talk about that next. Uh, last thing that I got here, which I thought was interesting is there's always a Q and a in the Finimize email. The, the question this time is I've started putting a regular amount in stock markets each month. Should I invest a larger lump sum now that stocks have fallen? And Finimize's answer is what you're describing is dollar cost averaging. By effectively paying the average price of stocks over time rather than their price on any one day, you don't need to worry about the timing of your investment. And since you're investing the same amount each month, you simply get more bang for your buck when prices go down. As for investing a bigger sum now that prices are falling, aka buying the dip, there's certainly on some investors' radars. Stock prices tend to rise in the long run, which means it's possible that now is a relatively cheap opportunity to buy. But keep in mind that markets are currently more uncertain than usual, and you could see your nest egg's value drop dramatically in the short term. If you're able to stomach that risk, it might well be worth doing both, which is uh, basically what, what Steve Nochese was talking about, is just put in a little bit at a time and just take the fluctuations. And Yeah, the cycle. I mean, I, I, I haven't bought, I mean, <clears throat> other than the last two weeks, I haven't bought others outside of retirement. Um, every year I put in, I max out my SEP IRA. But um, other than that, I haven't actually individually bought stocks in probably like three years. Well, you bought uh, Carnival, right? Well, yeah. So in the last two weeks, I bought, oh, yeah. I bought Carnival, Amazon, uh, S&P 500, and... Uh, and Berkshire Hathaway and I brought Berkshire Hathaway a couple of times. Um, but I mean, that's all in the last two weeks before that I've been doing all my money into, um, other investment type stuff that the, um, how's Warren doing? Uh, we, you know, you won't know till later. Um, but the, I mean, so when the, I looked at it and when the S and P was down like 25%, he was down like 22%. And, um, which I think makes his, I think that makes Brookshire undervalued because he's, he's sitting on like $125 billion in cash and, uh, he makes his best deals, um, when everyone's hurting, when there's, you know, it's when there's blood on the ground by real estate, it's he's he, when everyone's hurting and there's people that reach out and they need, they need help. He comes in, swoops in and he, he normally does these investments where he puts in a huge chunk of money. They re, you know, there's a press release that Warren Buffett has invested in the company. The company gets a, a Buffett bump, but his deal that he gets, he normally, like a lot of times he'll buy, like, um, he'll put money in and he'll get like preferred uh, stock with like 8% dividends and, and it's convertible to common stock. And he, he puts together some fantastic deals when everyone else is cash strapped it out and, and hurting. So um so that's why I've given him a decent chunk of change the last couple of weeks. So, because um, I, I, it makes no sense that he would be down as much as the S and P five hundred when when he's sitting on a stack of cash that big. I mean, so it's something I don't remember the exact dollar amount, but it's something like um, like the B the Berkshire B shares are. I think they're probably like one hundred and eighty dollars a share right now. I think I bought my last buy was at like one seventy two, and wow. I think they're like um, twenty five percent of the share price is just cash sitting in, in treasuries and, and cash and cash equivalents. So whatever that works out to, that would be like uh 40 some dollars 
out of the out of the 170 180 is is just cash and so why would cash go down cash doesn't go down 25 percent. so why yep. would it, so, so and then now is when he's when he's sitting on the cash and everyone else needs it he's he's gonna make his best investments he'll probably i don't know he might do airlines but he's already he made a couple of mistakes in the last couple of years because he put money into into um into airlines uh, which he <laughs> kind of said in the past, he said airlines are a great way to lose money and he would never put money into airlines. And then he did, but I think he did it because oil prices were, it was kind of a oil bet, but then oil prices went down even, you know, significantly more. So airlines, if they're flying are going to make great money, but right now they're just not flying. So when things pick back up, if the oil prices are down still, then, then they should bounce, maybe bounce back. But I'm looking at carnival now and on the 28th, which was the last time we hung out, it was at 33. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what you bought into, but it bottomed out at nine. Yeah. It came back to 17 and right now it's sitting at 14. Yeah. That was a good way for me to cut my money in half. Yeah. Yeah. So Galloway, uh, my, my buddy Galloway walked back carnival cause he, he basically said, yeah, that was, that was wishful thinking. He says, here's the thing. The boats aren't going anywhere. They're not going to all of a sudden sink into the ocean if Carnival goes away. He said, the, 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 the cruise industry is not dead, he said, but some of these companies might not survive if they don't have a balance sheet. So you were talking about Buffett having a whole bunch of cash. He said, companies that have a strong balance sheet or have a lot of cash are going to weather this. He says, anybody that's loaded with debt, they're done. Well, I don't know about done, but um, done really depends on the, the medical outcome. So if this is a, you know, a month or two, kind of another month or two, a lot of companies, even the, even the ones that are hurting are going to bounce back. I think, okay. If this is like four months or longer, um, there's going to be a lot more pain to come. And the cruise lines, what they've got uh, against them is they've been tax shelters for years because they register the boats in like the Bahamas and Panama and all these other places. The gov- I don't think the U.S. government was really that fond. They were sheltering income from them, so they're probably not going to be real uh, excited to come in and bail them out. And they, they, they'll be like, hey, why don't you ask Bermuda for a bailout? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at the ticker, and it says that uh, Carnival seeks up to $7 billion amid global travel halt, and I'm sure the Cayman Islands has $7 billion just in the couch cushions, ready to rock and roll. Here you go, guys. Yeah, I, I think the cruise lines will be around. It's just, or I mean, the ships will be around. I think Galloway's right. Um, whether it's going to be those the same parent company or whether it's going to have to go through some kind of restructuring depends on how um, how long this drags on for. So, yeah, we'll see. probably the same with planes or any of these other embattled well, industries. The, I think the the I think that's a different story. I think the airlines are so well connected in Washington, and there's seen as vital to the economy that they will get bailed out i mean i I don't know that they i think they could just they could be the government could uh put them in the same boat and say listen there's going to be you know there's going to be planes flying when this thing goes away it might not you might not be the airline anymore because they might get sold off to you know some new airline that that comes in you know if Buffett, I mean, if Buffett wanted to start an airline, he could buy up, you know, if American goes yeah, big, Berkshire Airways. So, and I'm sure he would run it well. 
I saw that Alitalia got taken over by the Italian government, so I suppose it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, but but the I think that the politicians will bail out the airlines no matter what because they'll say that they are too big to fail or too vital to the economy. But like I said, those planes aren't going away, so someone's going to be flying them. But I don't think that the uh, I just don't think the politicians have the the cojones to let the to let a big airline fail. I, I did them. I read an article and then I did the math separately on it. But it, it was interesting. They, you know, it's a two point three trillion dollar bailout on, and this is just the last bailout. I mean, it's, it's the biggest ever by far. But there's still more to come. But if you take that two point three trillion dollars and you can divide it by every uh, U.S. citizen, so you can divide it by like three hundred and fifty thousand. 350 million people, it works out to like $5,700 per person. Or you can divide it by every working person because they're the people that are affected by, you know, the most by this. I mean, if you're retired, if you're getting social security, that you're not affected. If you have a 401k, it's a bounce. It's, it's going to go down and then it's going to come back. So as long as you're not cashing out, which would be a foolish thing to do at this point, um, since you already wrote it all the way down, um, so if you're retired or if you're, um, and on, or on a pension or anything like that, you're kind of not really affected too, too bad. So if they, they took the, uh, $2.3 trillion and you divide it by like the 150 or 160 million working people in the U S uh, workers, it works out to something like 13 grand per person. Wow. So, so they could just take that $2.3 trillion say, we're just going to give it all to the people. And then those people are going to turn around and spend, um, you know, that one wouldn't help the big corporations in the short term, but, um, but it would, it just shows the scale of the, of the buyout and how much money is going to, to big corporations and same old thing, same thing that they did after the last crisis and then said, but we're never going to do it again. You know? Yeah. Yeah. No, actually... Everyone's, everyone's a capitalist until shit hits the fan. And then, uh, and then socialism doesn't sound so bad. Yeah, and the, the big dogs will make it. The medium-sized ones will uh, will starve. And since the small businesses are scrappy anyways, they'll survive. So you're looking at a, a culling of the herd right along the middle. Strand. Yeah, I don't know. So we'll, we'll probably see a lot of people go away. What Galloway was saying is that if the industry is robust, it'll be good. He says, but if the industry is weak, like e-commerce is weak, you've got Amazon. Yeah, maybe Shopify, maybe Walmart and Target, maybe a couple other really tiny players in small niche markets. But for the most part, Amazon is the e-commerce market. And you've got other areas like social media search and all those. And those are not what he would consider robust markets. So he he cautions that. Uh, But some of the markets that have a ton of competition are perfectly fine. You lose one player, you lose lose two players, you're fine. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see, like if you've got stock in Amazon, happy days are here. Yeah, I, it went down a bit, and I bought some, and then it kind of has bounced back to the point where I mean, I mean, I gotta say we're we're ordering a lot from Amazon, and uh, we're not. I mean, I I went to Costco. Costco's probably doing well. Um, Costco's got a line out the door, so we found that there's a Sam's Club right across the freeway that nobody goes to. So if you go into Sam's Club, you get most of the same stuff. Yeah, uh, I, but that's that's the part of it is Costco's online portal. Costco's online portal is actually pretty weak. So yeah. you go on there and it doesn't have any of the shopping tools because they expect you to get in the warehouse because they know they can get extra buys out of you. Impulse yeah. buys. And they're good for buying um, 
uh, non-perishable big stuff. Like I've, I've ordered stuff from them and I like it because I get it delivered straight to my doorstep rather than having to load it like something that's big and heavy into the ends of the, so, so for, you know, like for TVs, uh, for, um, shelving for the garage, for stuff like that, they do great when it's, uh, groceries. Kate does get groceries from Costco occasionally, but, um, I don't think that's her preferred, um, portal. Now you get meat or, or milk or, or things that are worth it in bulk if you go through them fast enough. Yeah. I remember talking to her about that and she said, yeah, if it's shelf stable, Costco's good. She said, but if it goes bad, you're never going to go through it. I think she's right. So that I still don't understand the toilet paper thing. I'm not, I'm not ever going to get, get any grasp on why toilet paper is the, is the key commodity in this particular. I had, so I had, um, yeah, it was interesting. So we had some, not a lot, like not a stockpile of it, but we had some. And then uh, I went to Costco maybe a week ago, maybe a little, I think it was a little over a week ago. Anyway, there was like a hundred person line to get in the, in the door, but they were yeah. letting, people, they were, they were letting people in like 15, 20 at a time. And it moved quickly. I mean, actually I thought they handled it really well in that, you know, you don't want to have a stampede or anything like that. So when you walk to the back, there was a guy standing there by the toilet paper and everyone just, everyone went in and kind of beelined it to the back corner, got their big thing of toilet paper and then walked then, then circled back around that aisle and, uh, and went out and the guy would just go and turn and put a, a thing in every person's cart. And so I got toilet paper and I got some disinfectant wipes. Um, and then I went, went over, um, along and did the rest of my shopping. I have, um, an attorney that I share office space with and she lives alone. She's got a house over there and she's, she lives alone and she'd been to like four or five different stores and couldn't find toilet paper. So I brought her like a 12 pack because that, that's that thing, from, that thing from Costco is like, I don't know, it's four 12 packs or I don't know, something like that. So, anyway, no, it's ridiculous. so I, gave her, I gave her a 12 pack and I just put it on her desk at the office because I go into the office like twice a week to pick up mail and do whatever I have to do in the office. But otherwise, I'm not going in. And so I just put it on her desk for her when she went by. And then uh, and then we Kate been helping. Um, so you didn't close your office? Well, my no, my office is closed. Uh, my office building is closed, but I, I can key in. And then, um, so my office manager has gone in a couple of times this in the, like twice a week for a couple of hours, just to take care of a few, like she has to run payroll for a company that she does bookkeeping for and, and a few other pay some bills. And so she goes in and then I'll go in. I went in, uh, Tuesday and Thursday, I think. And I went in for like three hours each time, but I'm there all alone. Anyway, so we all have to go in because we have to we have to pick up our mail and do whatever. But we're not we're not really interacting with people. I key in through the back door. I don't see anyone. Don't touch anyone. Don't talk to anyone. I'm kind of just on my own. And then, um, but anyway, and then Kate's like delivering, helping uh, Jackson's teacher deliver stuff to like um, a family in Jackson's kindergarten class who's um, doesn't have internet and isn't connected. So we're delivering. We're like printing out the emails from the teacher and delivering them to that house and whatever. So Katie shows up and she's like, get, delivers the uh, homework and the email from the teacher. And then she could see it's like six-year-old kid living and he was living with his grandma there. And so she's like, here, and she pulls out. And she, and she was like, she wanted to see what it looked like, what the housing situation looked like first before she, went. so then she went back to the car and she went, and here, and she's like, here's a 12 pack of toilet paper and a thing of disinfectant wipes. And the, and the grandma's like, oh, this is from the school? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, and then we, we reached out to people that we know in the neighborhood and we're like, Oh, if you need anything. So we've been giving away some stuff to them just to, cause we don't need all that, but since it was available at Costco and we got it, we figured, I mean, I figure Costco, Costco should take those, uh, you know, 48 packs or whatever they are of uh, toilet paper and they should break them down into 12 packs and just have them at the front desk at the, yeah. at the check. Yeah. Which is a Be good like, idea. Everyone who's checking out can get a 12 pack of toilet paper, but that's the mat, you know, and just let everyone get some rather than have it, that rush to, to only the, the first people there standing in line, get it. But. So I want to talk about that. Give me, give me a minute. All right. I'll get a refill. All right. You recharged. So around here in Arizona, there's a drive-through for everything because of the heat in the summertime. Right, right, yeah. So the bank's got a drive-through. The Panera Bread has a drive-through. There's drive up and have your groceries delivered to you at Fry's, which is the Ralph's out here, mm -hmm. and Target and Walmart. And all of these places have never-leave-your-car sort of delivery services, which has uh, amazing utility because – you know, when it's 120 degrees outside Fahrenheit, you're not going to want to get out of your car at all. So you just have all this stuff taken out to you. And what I'm noticing out here is because of all of these services that are already built into the local economy, I don't really notice that anything is really that disruptive. You go on nextdoor.com and you see people pissing and moaning about hoarding and clearing the shelves when they don't need to. But for the most part, like we went to Lowe's today and there, the social distancing was there. People were kind of like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm over here. You're over there. But I'm not really seeing any of it out here. And I wonder if it's specific to Arizona, because our cases are through the floor. I mean, there's nothing going on. Huh. Yeah. Uh, I think we as a family were probably already pretty on top of the, the delivery stuff. So, like, Kate would order groceries from um, the grocery store up the road. And she would just go and park because she'd normally have the kids in the car and be coming home from work or, or just having the kids in the car in general. Or she'd call me and say, hey, on your way home from work, can you pick up the groceries? And we just park and they come out and they just throw them in your trunk and you go. And so we were doing a lot of that already. And, that, and now it's no different except for when the shit hit the fan a couple of weeks ago and everyone started panic buying. All of a sudden, we couldn't get appointments to, to get the groceries anymore. Right. So I think we were already doing it, but, but now everyone was trying to do it. So we could, like, I had to go, I actually had to do the opposite. I had to go into the store uh, to get stuff when I normally don't because, uh, because we couldn't get an appointment for a grocery for an e-cart pickup for like, I mean, they were filled up for the whole week, I think. So they only have so many slots. So, but they're, they're transitioning to all that. I mean, it was, it was, it was kind of a, the first time I went in, I had to wait like 45 minutes for that checkout. Maybe, yeah, probably 45 minutes at checkout to to um, to buy. And you know, we were buying a bit more than usual, I guess, because we didn't want to have to keep going back to the store. But we didn't. I mean, I didn't. I didn't really hoard anything, but I bought a bit extra. And uh, and but there was everyone had a full shopping cart, and everyone's waiting like 45 minutes in line. We couldn't pick up. But now that 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 was a couple of weeks ago, and then I made my Costco run. Uh, a week and a half ago and I haven't been to a store since then and now Kate just ordering groceries again but she's going to do the e-cart I think or, or get Whole Foods delivery for us and, it was, and no it was benefit for being a regular right yeah for us it was a hiccup but we nothing um, we're now probably back to our normal so we'll see
So we then, did the uh, we did the multiple storage units, as you saw. We got the two fridges and we got the chest freezer outside. So yeah, we yeah. Steadily you filling that stuff anyway. So when all of this stuff hid, I went in and I did kind of a, a quick inventory of what we got, and I knew that we were going to run out of facial tissues and toilet paper. No, uh, paper towels. We're going to run out of those. And I thought, all right, whatever. That's you know, paper towels seem to be at the the Home Depots and the Lowe's, and you can find paper towels. Facial tissues, Purell, and toilet paper seem to be the scarce commodity during this crisis. So I went and I did an estimation. So what, what do you figure a family of four goes through a roll of toilet paper? That's a rhetorical question. I figured three days. So I calculated how many rolls of toilet paper we had, and it would take us three days to go through a full roll. We had 87 days worth of toilet paper. Yep. And I went back to the wife, and I said, what are you doing? No. No, stop. No, stop this. No, we don't need toilet paper. We have three months worth of toilet paper at maximum. Trying to think of a good word for that, but maximum discharge. We've got three months worth of toilet paper and the bidet showed up on Tuesday. So I got my bum gun now. Yeah. yeah. Two sheets. This, that, that same attorney that couldn't find toilet paper. She, um, she went to five stores, couldn't find it. But anyway, she ordered like a $500 uh, bidet. Um, she sent me a link to like some website that someone sent up set up and it's basically it calculates how long your toilet paper is going to last by by estimating how many people are in your household and how often are they going to use the bathroom and blah blah blah. and it says you've got this much this much day supply of toilet paper or whatever it is so how do you how do you like your bidet oh i love it yeah i absolutely love it so it's not the actual got, toilet itself it's just the toto yeah uh washlet okay so here i'm gonna throw I'm going to throw it at you in the, uh, yeah, I really want it when we went last time throw it we at you in the chat feed, if you can get to it, actually, you know what, we're on the yeah, fucking technology. I went yeah. to, um, this is the jam right here. Can you see this? Yeah, I got it. The Toto a 100 washlet electronic bidet toilet seat with soft closed lid, elongated cotton white. The seat is heated. Mm -hmm. And if you can see there, you've got three different hoses. The little wand pops out, and it's got three uh, spots on it. Yeah, one yeah. washes the very back for the ladies. Yeah, yeah, no, I've, I, uh, this is very similar to the ones that uh, I've looked at. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, this is a five hundred dollar one. Yeah, they're uh, that's a nice one. I, I yeah, so we so went I didn't, to. No, uh, I didn't. I didn't pay five hundred for this. Well, this one says it's five hundred. Five price went back up. Yeah. No, what did I pay for this bitch? So. I paid I paid two forty. For the same thing? Yeah, dog. Tiny. Hey. I knew. I saw the, the wave coming. I saw the shortage. I prepared. Yeah. I think so I I um we went to Honolulu a couple of years ago and we stayed at uh I don't remember. Uh nice hotel there. I can't remember what it was. Probably a Waikiki, right? Yeah. Well so we, we were staying. We well you went to Turtle Bay where you saw the big waves, right? Yeah, but Turtle Bay is like the north of Oahu, and and Honolulu is the south. We so we stayed on Pearl Harbor. You know, at Pearl, um, my sister lived. It was on base at That's Pearl right. Harbor. I remember that. Yeah, you told me that. It's 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 Pearl Harbor Hickam um, Joint Base. So the Hickam is the Air Force side. Pearl Harbor is the, the Navy side. And uh, he lived. They lived. Um, I think they lived 
he's in the Navy, but he lived over where the Air Force uh, officers lived. And so on the Hickam side, I guess. But anyway, see, he, uh, we stayed with them for a few days. And then we went over and we stayed at the Hilton or something over in uh, Waikiki for a couple of days just so we could be, you know, around everything. And uh, they had a bidet there. And I'm like, I'm like, all right, I'm sold. These are pretty awesome. And then uh, we just on that that new resort that we went to in Mexico in uh, January. Yeah. They had a really nice one there. And and I liked it. And and well, Katie and I like it. But then. The boys actually were were good with it, um, and not wriggling around too much. And we're like, okay, that's good. So um, I want one. The, the my issue is still, I just don't have an electrical outlet behind. Yeah, you got to you got to call an electrician to put one in because it's as long as it's on the other side of the toilet from your supply line, you're golden. But they got to find some way to tie it in to your existing electrical. Well, I I do have um, so you know like there's the shaving or hairdresser or hair um hairdryer outlet so i could run like i could get one of those yeah six six foot um extension thingies and i could oh, probably yeah, you, you get in trouble it. for that <laughs> what <laughs> you get in trouble for that if that uh because it's got to be a gfci outlet so that breaker's got to pop if there's a problem well no i think it is i think that outlet it does have a uh, oh i see what you're saying yeah 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 so it is a gfci outlet yeah yeah okay so i could do that and then conceal the uh the extension cord against the wall, I guess, but it, it wouldn't look great. Um, or I could, uh, or I could probably go in cause that, that wall, like I could probably just go through the wall and I don't know. It's just, then I got to bring someone in to, we have pay an electrician to come in so I can hook up a $300 toilet. No, oh, I, I get it, but it's, it's so worth it. Did you, what'd you do? Uh, it's a toilet seat and I already had the outlet put in because I knew I wanted one. Oh, you had an outlet put in? Uh, what, when I you had, had, I had yeah, it was 100, 140 bucks per outlet when we were building the house. And I thought, that's a lot of money. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to want it anyway. So I had him put the outlet in. And oh. the outlet was sitting there. And I remember the, the foreman came up and he always laughed. He's like, why did you put an outlet in the bathroom? Is that for your Sonos? Are you going to plug your laptop in? I said, no, man, that's for the day. And he kind of thought about it and he went, all right, okay. That's pretty smart. He said, when are you putting it in? I said, well, I got it. Uh, I got it waiting for me because... Uh, the chairman got it as a goodbye gift from everybody in Japan. Oh yeah, yeah, no, I remember. One. Yeah, yeah. I, I got that one in, and that one was um, it was all in Japanese. So it comes with a, a really nice uh, plumbing setup. It's got heated water, heated seat. It had all the bells and whistles, but everything was in Japanese. And it came with a a separate control panel that you had to mount on the wall. Yeah, yeah. The whole idea was that it communicated Wi-Fi. And it had batteries, and I didn't like that because all the ones in Japan, the little control panels right next to the seat. Yeah, yeah. The one that I eventually got. So I'm looking at it going, great. The wife's not going to want to translate this. She's not going to want to put her phone with Google Translate over the buttons to make sure she knows which one. Like, you know which one is the lady because they got the pictogram with the long hair, right? But yeah, yeah. She doesn't know what anything else is. And so I thought, I'm not going to get any level of adoption on this. So I ended up giving it to Yuki, and he loved it. So he, he put it in. He can read all the buttons, and he'll just explain it to his wife let him deal with it but i went in and i found the model number and i looked it up and that model number in japan is 750 bucks yeah so i went back to the old man and i said dad did you realize that that was a 700 toilet seat that they got you as a as a novelty gift 
And he said, well, I, I figured it was expensive. He says, I loved it. I, I loved the thought behind it, but I didn't realize they spent that much money. I said, I hope it wasn't 700 bucks back then because it's seriously expensive. I think, no, I think if they're giving him a, a going away present, I figured it was going to be something, one of the nice ones. Yeah. I'm not, I, I'm not surprised by that at all. It was a very, it was a very, very nice one. So it's, he took off four, I want to say four years ago. And so four years ago, I'm sure it was a little cheaper, but I can't imagine that they've appreciated yeah. that much. Uh, but I, I popped off the bolts. I pulled the old seat, threw the old seat away. I came in and they make you install a little um, bracket system. And then it slides into the bracket and locks because you got to be able to pull it off if you ever have a leak or you want to do maintenance on it. And then you, you bring in a Y or a, or a T and it, uh, it attaches the T to the existing supply line. And then you plug it in and that's it. So now the seat's warm, the water's warm, it's got three settings. And the cool part about it is it's got an oscillator. Yeah. So not only does it squirt to dead in the bullseye, but it also goes back and forth along mm-hmm. the front to back axis. And that's kind of peculiar, yep. but awesome at the same time. Yeah, yeah. I highly recommend it. I know, I, I'm telling I'm, I thought they were silly and then I tried, I tried one and I was like, yep, nope, I'm sold. I just got to get, get the electrical figured out. Yeah, no, that's, so I, that's smart. You had that put in when you had the house built. That's smart. Yeah, I, I, I run upstairs all the time. Like, I, I might have to poop. I'm going. <laughs> and then I'll sit there and I'll go, and you tap the button, and it goes, it's like, ah, woo, okay. Call me. And then you got to hit the stop button, and then it goes away, and then it's, at least we'll always have Paris. Cool. Uh, but it's got an energy saver feature, which is kind of kind of interesting because when you read the user's manual, it says use the energy energy saver feature if you have frequent use. And I'm thinking, what qualifies as frequent use? And they're talking about six events a day. And I guess if you stick it in the main bathroom that everybody uses, you'll get six events out of it. But I thought in the master bathroom. With just the two of us, I don't, I don't know about you, but I, I shit once a day, maybe twice if I'm really lucky. Yeah, I don't know how you're supposed they, to. They might be thinking like, that. like if you are, if it's for like an office or a hotel room or something along those lines. Yeah, something with a lot of traffic. But uh, it's not a commercial unit; it's residential. But anyway, I turn the energy saver off. So I want that seat always warm. Mm. So every time I sit down, it's like, yeah, just makes it a pleasing experience. Well, probably if you're at home, you probably want a warm seat when you are, if it was like put in like a, a small office, you probably want a cold seat. <laughs> it probably feels reassuring. <laughs> if I go in, if I go into my office and I sit on a warm seat, I'm like, I'm like, ugh. Somebody's been here. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I suppose this, because it's a plastic seat, so I suppose it doesn't really matter. Uh, but you always want the water to be warm. You don't want to get doused with that cold stream mm. of. Uh, my parents, I, my parents put one on probably like six months ago, but they got like the non-electric. You know, um, you just twist a knob and one that grabs the regular water. water. Yeah, in the, the summertime it'll be warm here because there's no such thing as cold water here in the summertime. Mm. But I can't imagine having that thing in the winter. Yeah, <laughs> it's the straight cold water up by you is like ah. Yeah. <laughs>
place is dead anyway, man.